You are listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, episode 22, Parenting with Patience. This is Less Drama, More Mama, the podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way. If you're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected to feeling calm and connected, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Hello, Mama. How are you? I am amazing and excited because I'm about to check an item off of my bucket list. I'm recording this a couple of days before I go on my first ever Disney cruise. Woot woot. By the time you hear this, I'll already be back, but I'm so excited to get away and relax and have fun with my girls and my mom. It's seriously been a dream of mine to go on a Disney cruise for many years, and dreams do come true, my friends. Okay, so a couple of years ago, I asked the moms on my Facebook page, what is it that you're struggling with the most right now? And so many of them wrote to me about their impatience. So I wanted to do a podcast about this, and I want to read some of their comments to you. They said things like, I have zero patience. I rush everything. I'd like to work on my patience and my ability to stay calm. I lose my patience when I don't get the response I want. I lose my patience and then start yelling. I hate yelling. I feel so guilty. I despise myself when I explode. If you recognize yourself in any of these moms, you're not alone. Patience is something we all struggle with at times, but especially now in our society, patience is at an all-time low. Think about it. We don't ever need to look up words in a paper dictionary. Do kids even know what alphabetical order is? I'm pretty sure encyclopedias are obsolete, We don't even need to type into the Google search bar anymore. Marissa just bought one of those Google Home minis with a gift card she got for her bat mitzvah. Now all day long, she and Dahlia are saying, okay, Google, play the Hamilton soundtrack. Hey, Google, what's the weather today? (laughs) How many of your devices just went off when I said that? Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. But seriously, we can just ask the question and we have the answer immediately. We no longer have to wait online at a bank. We don't even need to wait online at Starbucks or Chipotle or Target anymore because we can just text our order and then go pick it up. Do you even remember the time when if you wanted to get a message to someone, you would need to wait three to four days for the mail to arrive? Or you would need to pay for a long distance phone call? There's no waiting anymore. No delayed gratification. We get everything we want exactly when we want it. So. This is the society that our kids have been brought into, and it's no wonder that they don't have any patience. The only way that they can learn how to be patient is to learn from us as we model it for them. The problem is that we have very little of it too. So I want to talk today about how to cultivate patience and how to parent with patience. The definition of patience is the ability to accept or tolerate delay trouble, or suffering without getting upset or angry. So how do you generate the feeling of patience? Where do all your feelings come from? 
your thoughts, right? You need to choose thoughts and beliefs that will cause you to feel patient and calm and peaceful, even when there's a delay, trouble, or suffering. And I promise you can totally do that. The first thing I want you to look at are your expectations. Your expectations are your thoughts and beliefs about how you think things should be. In episode 18, we talked about relationship manuals, remember? Your expectations or rules about how other people should behave. So of course, you have manuals for your kids too and expectations for their behavior. And it's a good thing for your kids to know what's expected of them as they learn how to function in the world. But you need to make sure that, first of all, you don't tie your emotions to whether or not they meet them. And second, that you're setting your expectations in a way your child can meet them and can be successful. If you're finding that your child consistently falls short of meeting your expectations, then you're setting the bar too high. If you find that your child meets or exceeds your expectations regularly, then you know that's either realistic or maybe you can bump it up a little and see what happens. But you want to make sure that you set expectations for each individual child for where they're at so they can meet them successfully. Every child is different, so your expectations should really reflect that. In general, I think I have pretty realistic expectations. When I go to the airport, for example, I don't expect things to go according to schedule. I hope they do, but I never expect it. In fact, I expect that things will not go according to schedule. I've had many experiences where planes have been late because they need to check them again or the arriving flight was delayed, so I plan for it, right? I'm proactive. I bring snacks. I bring a book to read. It doesn't really phase me at all. But if I was expecting that everything was going to be exactly on time, according to the schedule that I printed out from my airline confirmation email, and it didn't go according to plan, then I would probably feel really frustrated and impatient and stressed out. The same is true when I have expectations of my kids. I'll give you an example of a time I went to pick up Dahlia at a friend's house after a play date. Now, I remember when I was a kid, never wanting to leave my friend's house at the end of a play date. I would hide with my friend or come up with all kinds of delay tactics to stall for time so that I could just stay a little bit longer. And so I expect that my kids are going to do the same thing, which they do. (laughs) So I plan for it. I'm proactive. Remember, we want to be proactive, not reactive. So if I know that I need to leave the friend's house by a certain time, I might show up 10 to 15 minutes earlier so I can help prepare my kids to leave and get them ready to go. Other times, I'll call ahead and say to the mom, hey, could you please make sure that Dahlia has her shoes on and is ready to go at such and such a time? Other times, I might say something to Dahlia in advance before the play date even happens. Listen, today when I pick you up, I really need you to be ready to go because I have to be back home for a coaching call or I have this appointment. So I expect that you're going to get in the car when I say it's time to get in the car. But even when I do all of those things to prepare myself and Dahlia, I still don't have the expectation that she's going to remember or that in the moment she's going to care. So I make sure I set my expectations realistically. Now, suppose I've done all of that. I've been really proactive and she still doesn't leave the house when I'm ready to go. I have a choice. 
I can choose to think she's taking advantage of me. She's so ungrateful. Here, I let her come and play at her friend's house for a couple of hours, and this is the way she shows her appreciation. Or I know many moms default to thoughts like, this is ridiculous. I can't. I just can't. (laughs) All of those thoughts would lead to feeling so impatient. I'd probably end up yelling at her or waiting until we got in the car and giving her a lecture. Or I can choose to think, oh my gosh, she's having so much fun at this play date and she does not want to go. In that case, I might feel some empathy for her because I remember what that feels like so I can relate. And so I might say, honey, I know you're having so much fun right now. Let's plan another play date with your friend for next week so you can continue to have fun because right now I really need to get going. Okay, those are two very different kinds of thoughts that caused two very different kinds of feelings, actions, and results. Ultimately, I can't control what Dahlia is going to do, right? I can only control me. And so sometimes I like to tell her what she can expect of me. I might say something like, listen, Dahlia, if you don't come with me right now, then we're not going to have that play date next week. It's your choice. Or either you come now on your own, or I'm going to pick you up and carry you out to the car. It's your choice. I remain calm. I'm perfectly okay with whatever she chooses because I know what I'm going to do either way, and I've got my own back. Now, here's the problem when kids don't meet our expectations of them. We have a thought that things should be different than they are. Buddhists say that all suffering comes from our attachment to expectation, wanting things to be different than they are. Byron Katie says, when you argue with reality, you lose, but only 100% of the time. There's no upside to arguing with reality, and yet we do it all the time. My child should be out of diapers by now. My kids shouldn't be fighting as much as they are. My child should know how to do this thing. And when they don't do what we think they should, we become impatient and upset. I want to challenge you to think instead, it should be this way because it is this way. This was always how it was supposed to happen. Nothing has gone wrong. When we deny reality, when we think it shouldn't be this way, even though it is this way, we cause ourselves so much pain and suffering. Anytime I find myself arguing with reality, I like to use the of course mantra. I learned this from parenting expert Bonnie Harris. I just tell myself, of course it's this way. Of course, my two-year-old is still in diapers. I haven't been consistent with his potty training, or he'd rather sit and play than get up to use the toilet. He'll learn in his own time, and it will be exactly the right time for him. Of course, my kids are fighting as much as they are, because they're with each other so much of the time. I haven't taken the time to teach them problem-solving skills and practice with them. Or, of course, they're fighting because they need more individual time and attention from me. Of course, my kid doesn't know how to do this particular thing. I showed him once, but obviously he needs me to teach it a different way, or he's not so interested, or whatever. This of course thought shifts me from a complaining, woe is me sort of victim mentality into a problem-solving mentality. When you resist reality, when you resist what is, you create the feeling of tension and impatience. 
When you allow and accept what is, then you can feel so much more patient and compassionate and forgiving. It's just like when you resist a negative emotion. When you try to push it down, it grows stronger. When you allow the feeling to come out and you process it, it dissipates so much more quickly. A couple of years ago, I created an online course called Parenting with Patience. And one of the tools I created for my clients is called the Trigger Tracker. And the Trigger Tracker helps you become more aware of the thoughts that trigger your impatience and your emotional reactions. So if you go to patientmom.com, you can get it there for free. If you really want to take these ideas that I'm talking about and apply them, this is a great place to start. What difference would becoming more patient make for you in your life? And what impact would it have on your kids? You can leave me your answer to that question in the comment section on today's show notes at lessdramamoremama.com forward slash 022. And if you'd like some personalized help with this, let's hop on the phone for a free mini session. Helping moms become more patient is my jam. And let me be clear, I'm not patient all of the time. Just ask my kids. But I know that when I'm not feeling patient, it's because of my own thoughts. And I am 100% responsible for feeling that way. I don't blame my kids or my circumstances. And that is so empowering. I know that I'm completely in control of myself and my emotions. I can choose to allow the feeling of impatience. Or I can choose to think a different thought to stop feeling impatient. Patience is always just one thought away, just like any emotion you want to feel. So mama, have a beautiful week filled with patience and peace. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast. If you liked this episode, please take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes and make sure you subscribe too so you never miss a show. Got a question, comment, or idea for an upcoming episode? Email me at pam at lessdramamoremama.com.